This is John and Paul from Jurassic Pork, and you're listening to Barbecue Base. Hello and welcome to Barbecue Base, the podcast for those that love a little low and slow in their lives. And most people have a lot of time for a little bit of low and slow right now, especially if they've survived the last three days in Auckland after our snap lockdown due to COVID-19. But that's over now, we hope. And we're back together again, like salt and pepper, meat and rub, barbecue and smoke. And as usual, I'm joined by my trusty co-host. Now, if we thought of barbecue as an orchestra, most of us would be relegated to merely being allowed to play the triangle. But not my co-host. He'd be the lead blower of the meat trumpet, (laughs) the solo player of the sausage trombone, and the nimble-fingered fiddler of the entire chicken wing strings section. It's the brisket virtuoso himself, Barbecue Jesus, Noel Hassapladakis. How are you today, Noel? I'm wonderful, thank you, Alex. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I am pretty good tonight. As I said, yeah, we're out of lockdown, which is cool. Um, able to do this in person again, which I'm very pumped about. I'm very pumped about this show. This show is going to be an awesome one. As anybody who saw our uh, Facebook post earlier will, will know, I'm a little bit excited. Um, but look, before we do that, thanks again to our wonderful equipment partnership with Jack Daniels, um, New Zealand. Um, thanks, Luke, for making that happen and making all our voices sound so sultry and soft. <laughs> lovely, lovely equipment. So we're very happy with all of that. Um, so look, as we said, it's a tip-top show this week. A bit of a double banger, if you will. Um, I was lucky enough to spend time chatting with the mighty Joe Pierce from Slaps Barbecue in Kansas City. So I hope everybody knows um, who Joe is. And if you don't, by the end of this show, you will. Absolute weapon. Absolute legend. Um, And so if you don't know who he is, where have you been? He's one of the most prolific competition cooks on the KCBS US circuit. Uh, Winner of many titles, always sniffing around that team of the year. And that's no mean feat and you'll hear how many competitions he does a year to be in that team of the year race it's it's pretty impressive the commitment you have to have over there with the amount of teams and the amount of um, contests you have to do and he also owns and runs one of the best barbecue joints in kansas city which also takes some doing um kansas city you know debatable the home of barbecue uh, many will have a, a view on that and we'll be getting to that chat with joe very soon We're also joined in studio by a couple of likely lads from the Jurassic Pork competition team right here in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, First up, Paul Anderson. And Paul's joining us today to see how much heat he can take in the 10 burning questions. But some of you might know, Paul, if you've listened to The Rock been a listener to the Rock uh, Drive Show, I think. It yeah, was yeah, Jay and Dunk. The Drive Show, Jay and Dunk. You might have heard a tale about uh, a lightning-struck Weber kettle and consequent deck 
um, which we might just be able to get out of him later during Tim Burning questions. So, because he is the owner of that Weber. So, welcome, Paul, first up to Barbecue Cheers. Base. Thanks, guys. Look forward to it. And um, finally, and this is very, very exciting. We are so joined. Excited. This is, I'm excited I'm by this. So excited. <laughs> We're joined by Paul's teammate from Jurassic Pork and sometimes NZBA competition helper. Uh, All the time. Which many of the comp circuit will know as uh, the wonderful John Kay. And um, John, you are going to be helping us with some musical portions of Barbecue Bass tonight. Uh, and I know you wanted to come on and bring a special treat for all our listeners later on in the show. That's right, John, isn't it? That is correct, yes. Yeah. So, um, A, welcome to the show, John. Thank glad, you. Glad Thank to have you, you here. Uh, and B, any, any chance of a sneak peek into what, what might be coming for us? Uh, not quite ready yet. Still got a little not bit of setup to do. Not ready. Okay, well... There's, I'm excited about this. There's stuff going on in the background so here. Much suspense. So <laughs> suspense. The suspense is building. It's building. Now, uh, so as we said, we've all had a fair bit of time to cook in the last few days, thanks to our snap lockdown. So, Noel, what's been hitting the grills? Oh, mate, in the last couple of weeks since the last one, I have did that did that lamb class, obviously. So um, I think we ended up cooking about 26 kilos of lamb for 24 people. So it was a pretty big cook, um, covering all the cuts and obviously had the tattooed butcher butchering that lamb and cooking those hot and fast cuts as they were coming off. So that was awesome. And then obviously um, when you get back from a lamb class, um, the last thing you want to cook is lamb, but actually it's the opposite for me. So I ended up doing some pulled lamb again because I was so taken by that. So that's going to go into some euros later this week. Um, and I've done lots of steaks as well. So lots of reverse searing of steaks. So it's been pretty cool. Actually, lockdown's always treated me well. So Now let's also talk now uh, for you, listeners, you won't be able to see this, but literally behind Noel's um, right shoulder, we have a... I forgot biltong, about that. <laughs> a biltong machine with what is there about uh, eight strips of biltong hanging, tempting, <laughs> mocking us from their cupboard as they're being air dried yeah. into what? some beautiful South African beefy goodness. So tell us a little bit about these. What are you doing there? Oh, mate, I mean, I guess it's a low and slow of sorts, right? So um, I put the method up for the biltong that I do, but this time I've made it once before actually with a Carrara Picana, which is. Um, you know, a pretty awesome cut of meat and most people wouldn't do biltong with it. But um, last time I did it, there was just so much intramuscular fat, you know, loads of marbling and it was just super tasty. So, yeah, I'm basically doing this to um, try it out on a bunch of South Africans and get the verdict on, you know, the refined biltong recipe. So, yeah, it's absolute torture watching it though because it's only been down for two days. It's got another three, maybe four days to go. So... Yeah, I'm excited about this one. So is this another Carrara Picanha? That is a Carrara Picanha, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that was a two kilo um, Carrara Picanha from uh, Aussie Butcher. So it was one of those impulse buys. I went to pick up lamb necks um, <laughs> and impulse buy, saw that on the shelf, a, you know. I did exactly the same thing. That's a thing. big switch from lamb necks to Carrara Picanha. Mate, I did exactly the same thing today. I popped into Ruben's shop just to say hello to him because I was in the area. Ruben and he had, a, he had a Carrara MB9 brisket just sitting there with all the marbling. I'll show you that later, boys. It's unbelievable. And I was oh, he's like, got oh, those I'll, in. I'll have that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so once again, a very fleeting visit has cost me lots of money. But yeah, awesome cut of meat. And what's the what sort of seasoning is on the biltong? Is it a very traditional South African mix? Or very very quick process. So, um, one hour salt brine, um, two hours with the rub on, which is basically pepper and coriander coarse grind. 
Um, and then I put it into a mix of malt vinegar, um, Worcester sauce and some raw sugar and marinate that for 24 hours and then pull it out and hang. Nice. Literally just that. But it's, um, I guess you're kind of brining it and pickling it at the same time so the bacteria mm. doesn't grow on the surface of the meat. So it's, it's a bit of a process, but well worth the wait, you know. So if you're, uh, if you're listening in a country that um, you know, you're not, or you're just not familiar with what biltong is, biltong's like a, it's almost, it's like a beef jerky. It's a South African version of a beef jerky. Yeah, very, very similar, but less, less sugar, I guess. Mm. I mean, there's quite, you know, jerky's quite sweet and it's typically sort of dehydrated, whereas this is in a sort of heat cabinet with airflow. So it's slightly different process, but very similar outcome, you know, chewy, chewy, but very tasty beef. Very, very tasty mm. and well worth trying if you ever get the chance, if you if you haven't. So um, look, a bit of a bit of roundup. Uh, there's been a few things going on here um, in our comp scene. Um, unfortunately, due to our snap lockdown here in Auckland and the, the level that we're in now, um, literally this Saturday, so two days from when we're recording tonight there, there should have been the more pork steak highway 16 competition which was going to be a full nzba competition but we're very exciting the first sca whole hog in new zealand and unfortunately they had to pull the pin because we just weren't sure what level we we're going to be in and it mm. wasn't fair to all the people who are going to be turning up to do it early or the competitors so that's a bit gutting isn't it that one yeah mate i mean it is gutting but um as we know i don't think you're allowed gatherings of over 100 in level two anyway and i think we're going to be there on sunday so i think a few people were like well why didn't it go ahead but actually it still couldn't go ahead oh, and we will be in level two until sunday so it's the right call you it's can't absolutely the right call you can't <clears throat> moan about it it's just one of those things gutting but mm. one of those things absolutely isn't it? and we got quite a few barbecue boys from South Auckland as well which poses a bit of a risk so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so yeah be safe we'd rather be safe than sorry wouldn't yeah. we I mean how bad would it be if you what a what a look that would be if you you know had a competition and then an outbreak from that it would 100%. just be yeah you'd and, be kicking yourself it's, so. it's a bit of a shame because there was going to be a few master classes as well I know Brendan Reismer is going to step up and do a class I'd, I'd love to have sat in on that really and just Heard what he had to say. I think Matty Melville was doing one. I was doing one on the Sunday, you know, so it was going to be quite an event. But um, look, they'll, it'll, they'll be, it'll, be, it'll be rescheduled, you know. I think the whole hog thing will be worth the wait. And, you know, the key outcome there is that people will get to practice it now because I know a lot of teams are going in with actually... There was a few without nervous... Any, without any practice. Um, uh, including no, our last guests no from... Names, uh, no names mentioned. Joint smokers who <laughs> weren't entirely sure can, how they I can were tell you that they're not the only ones. There's been a few questions <laughs> through the week. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think... Um, yeah, hopefully they reschedule it to a date that I can do the whole hog because um, yeah, obviously I was in the class. So, yeah, hopefully I can do that as well, which would be good. Awesome. So we'll keep an eye out for that one. Now, um, with things that are going ahead so at the moment, thank God. Um, March 13th, um, if you're in Wellington, pop down to Brewtown because there is the, the Brewtown barbecue uh, competition going on there. All the team spots have sold out, but... Um, Go down because it's a great little venue and they've got, you'll be able to eat, drink, see what's going on. I'm sure there's some entertainment and stuff going on there that, that's been put on by the guys down there. It's a class yeah. act. Huge amount of entertainment, huge amount of catering going on in there as well and um, music and it's always a bit of a sort of festival atmosphere there. So I've been to a couple now and it's just awesome. So definitely make the trip if you can. Absolutely. And um, look, as we've talked about it lots, but one of our favourite competitions on the circuit this year, Smoke on the Coast, um, Anzac weekend up at beautiful Whangatiao, um Holiday Park, which is absolutely stunning as location. Six team spots left 
out of 40. So that is shaping up to be one hell of a competition weekend. And if you haven't got one of those team spots and you're umming and you're ahhing about it, looks like the Jurassic <laughs> Pork Boys may be one of those. There might be five <laughs> spots soon. Well, I'm, I'm actually invited to a wedding, so but I know what I'd rather be doing. <laughs> you only mate, need two of you, right? That'll, <laughs> that'll finish at 11 o'clock. We'll get the pits yeah, on well, for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually looked how far it was. It's like an hour from Whangatiao, and I was thinking about doing it. Do it, mate. Do it. So we'll, the, we'll like the pits. Just get all the stuff yeah. there, and we'll make it work. Looks like there could only be five spots left very soon. Yeah. I think those boys should take a spot, and, uh, you know, there's... Two of two others of you to, to cover for Paul oh, while he's like at awesome the wedding. Yeah. It's a brilliant competition. So six out of 40 spots yeah. left. It's going to be awesome. Camp on site, all that kind of stuff. 11 new teams, which is brilliant. Love to see that. Mm. Um, so 11 brand new teams. or ele- I think it's 11 new teams to smoke on the coast. Um, but a lot of those teams, if they've done a comp, it's only one comp. Yeah, so, so it's a max of 40 teams. There's 11 new teams, so that's over 20, 25% of the field is brand new, never done a comp before. So if you were thinking, you know, oh, I don't want to go because it's too much experience, it's probably the best comp. I think that's the highest Absolutely. number of new teams of any comp that we've had. So definitely a good time to do it. And um, bring the family, obviously. It's a really family-friendly event, so just bring the wife and the kids, and, um, yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. Now... We found a name. We, we started this section last week, but we found a name. So Noel's very happy with this. Noel, it's time for Noel's Just the Tip. <laughs> <laughs> what is your tip Alex, for this week? I'm really going to enjoy giving you Just the Tip this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to put a bloody R18 on this show. Do we, do we need to watch this? Yeah. This is why we don't do video. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, interestingly enough, um, at the recent lamb class, um, towards the end, there was some Q&A, and there was lo- loads of people were asking questions, actually not about lamb, but particularly about reverse sear steaks. And, look, it's a, a fairly straightforward process, but there's, I guess, a couple of rules, right? So a lot of people were like, well, every time I try and do it, it's overcooked, you know, and what's going on? And when you actually talk to these people, what you find is that they're actually <coughs> cooking to the internal temp that they want their steak at the end of it, right? So they're cooking to 145, resting and then searing. And of course, we know that when you rest, it will go up 7 to 10 degrees. You're then searing it and putting even more temperature into that. So you end up with something that's sort of medium well or even well done. So I guess the top tip for this week, particularly around steaks, if you're trying to nail steak, is to actually take it off. So my my preferred, I actually quite like a rare steak or medium rare. Um, rare to medium rare, should I say. So I usually put it off at about 110. And what I find is that that rests out to about 120. And after the sear, it takes it up to just under 130, you know, and that's kind of good medium rare territory. So top tip this week is really take it off about sort of 10, 15 degrees, before your target temp, before resting and searing. And you should find that that should change everything in regards to your steaks and how they're cooked. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's something I, I'm probably just a little bit, I normally do mine, take them off about 115, mm-hmm. 114, 115 is my target temp yep. and then a good hard but very yep. quick sear so yeah. you're not spending a lot of time on the... I would say that that's absolutely bang on if you're dealing with a thick steak, mm. right? So if you're dealing with a sort of 50 mil big tomahawk definitely 115 because obviously you don't want it too raw towards the bone 
if you're doing a whole scotch fillet, for example, generally I'm taking it up to 115, 120 because there's obviously a lot more meat to heat through. Mm. So you're actually going to want to get more temperature on that with a sear. So yeah, 115 to 120 if you're doing a whole cut. But if it's just a standard, you know, SCA type 25, 30 mil steak, about 10 degrees before your target temps usually about right. And obviously drop that down again if it's if it's thinner, yeah. if it's a supermarket steak or something like yeah, that and I it's think cut. Personally, if it's less than two centimetres thick, don't reverse sear it. Just flip it lots direct mm. and you'll get a much better outcome there. So for me, 25, 30 mil really is the minimum that you want for a steak if you're going to reverse sear. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, the other thing to bear in mind on that is how hot the day is and something like that because that can really affect your cook. You know, And you, can, you could think, oh, it took... You know, 20 minutes or 25 minutes last time and last time might have been 10 degrees cooler yep. and then you're suddenly going to have a steak that's way past what you thought it was because the, the air is hotter, the fire's going differently, yep. whatever you want, you know. I think the other thing as well is a lot of people rest under foil and you've got to remember that that foil is actually reflecting the heat back into the steak, you know. So the goal of resting in between the sear is to actually stop the cook. So you're kind of trying to hold it in suspension at a, a level of doneness. So, yeah, rest it on just a wooden board, you know, um, let that heat get out of it and then sear it and you should actually nail it. And also don't panic too much if you have gone over because you can do things, right? You just dunk it in some ice, cool that, th- cool that puppy down. That's an old mm-hmm. steak cooker comp steak cooker trick right Absolutely. jam it in i haven't i haven't done that yet but that's no. quite a good tip yeah bang it bang it in ice and, <laughs> and stop the cook i mean that's what you're trying to do is stop yeah, it right yeah, so you can put the sear on so definitely makes sense well joel uh, Noel, i enjoyed i almost called you joel there i was mixing up the title and your name look at that i enjoyed you were your, mixing just the tip and i Noel, was you? yeah <laughs> <laughs> i enjoyed just the tip this week thank you for giving it to me it's my pleasure mate Always, always happy to give it to you. Right, um, moving on swiftly, I believe. But otherwise, we're going to be in lots of trouble, uh, mate. Cook of the week. Who is? Oh, I don't even want to say that. Who is being anointed with your barbecue sword this week from the NZBA Facebook page of cooks? Yeah, I mean, look, this is definitely um, a talked about cook on the page. I think we were chatting about it earlier. Today, oh, good, you we? did go so, there. Um, yeah, no, I definitely went there. Excellent. Um, it was, you know, I looked through quite a few actually, and I couldn't really go past this one. So, David Glynn, um, I'll read what he put. So, I bring you the meat flour, pastry wrapped in pickle nose sauce, Italian salami, aged cheddar cheese, beef pastrami, barbecue sauce, creamy blue cheese, sriracha, and garlic sauce, and finally smoked over macadamia nut shells on the coals. So the, these things look like a rose, basically, and, you know, it's amazingly well put together. He stuck it on a board, really well presented, and I just want to eat them. They look so <laughs> great. Um, so David Glynn, Cook of the Week, mate, well done. They look, they did look amazing. and um, Oh, wow. You that, know, that is amazing. Just showing the boys here, actually, um, who might not have seen it. Just, just a, it is awesome. artwork yeah, in so meat. He's, he's actually so. rolled them into a cupcake tin as well, so... Mm. They look nothing like a flower, but they've obviously bloomed through the cook, and it's oh, pretty love. pretty awesome. So yeah. you need to go. You need to go find those if you haven't seen them. Get on the NZBA Facebook page, yeah. New Zealand Barbecue Alliance. Check it out, David Glynn's Use the search bar. That's a great tip as well. Use yeah. the search bar, people. And David, I think you should probably be thinking about SCA comps yes. and ancillaries if your skill set is like that. You know, you, you should definitely think about maybe jumping on the SCA ancillary bandwagon. Absolutely, you might well give, give Michael Cook a run for his money. Absolutely. Um, right, and with that, actually, before before we go the and with that, John. 
John, how, how are you going? You still on, on track for this performance? Yeah, I'm coming in. I've got a little bit of uh, equipment malfunction. Got some things to figure out, but are I think you, we'll get there. You're getting there? You're going to yeah, set yeah. it up? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back with John later for his performance. Uh, <laughs> and with that, what better time to get to our chat with one of the top barbecuers on the planet? Uh, this guy really is the creme de la creme, the top of the heap. Um, he has got more wins than most of us have had hot dinners on the KCBS circuit. He's always sniffing in the top 10 and sniffing at the top five for team of the year. Um, And he's just a lovely, lovely guy. So let's take you right now to Kansas City for our chat with Joe Pierce from Slaps Barbecue. So we are very excited to be talking to the one and only Joe Pierce from Slaps Barbecue out of Kansas City. Joe, uh, probably a welcome to New Zealand, even virtually and without cameras at the moment. And uh, welcome to Barbecue Base. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, I've been, uh, been looking forward to talking to you all week. We have been looking forward to talking to you for a long time as well. So, um Look, I think many people will know you from obviously the competition side of things and and Slaps Barbecue and how successful you are in the um, KCBS circuit over there. And some might not know that you also have uh, a a very successful restaurant in Kansas City. And being in Kansas City, and this could be a little contentious, is it too early to talk about Super Bowl and what Kansas City was like? On the oh, weekend. Come on, man. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. Um, you know, it. Uh, I can't even tell you it was a good game because it wasn't. Uh, you know, um, we, we as Kansas City Chiefs kind of knew going into it, our, our offensive line was beat up, but um, we were all cut up, caught up with the uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, magic and uh, just figured he could, uh, he could overcome any problem. And, uh, you know, Tampa Bay was a good team and, and they got there because they, they won some tough games and, and, uh, you know, they, they played better and that's really what it came down to. And I'm a, I'm a lifelong Chiefs fan and Royals fan and, um, you know, it, it stings, but we, we, we got a Super Bowl last year, which was fun. And, uh, this year felt like it could definitely happen again. And, uh, you know, selfishly, I hope the Chiefs make the make it through the playoffs in the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> business business is booming. Um, you know, for barbecue in Kansas City during those weeks, everybody thinks it's a jinx if they eat anything else. So, uh, you know, we had lines out the door all day on Sunday and and um, of Super Bowl Sunday, and we you know we had a we had a good time down at Slaps and wish uh, wish we could have pulled off the W, but you know it is what it is. It's uh, uh I don't get caught up in football as probably as much as I do in competition barbecue. So well. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably understandable. And so when you um when Super Bowl hits, uh do you guys do specials in the restaurant? Do you have like packages that people can take home that you kind of theme up or anything like that? How does that work? Yeah, you know, we we offer a bunch of stuff. Um this year we we hadn't we we, we hadn't really offered a, a chief special. Um all last year we did, uh, but with with COVID and everything, we just kind of kept it simple and told people that uh Hey, order as much food as you possibly want. We're not going to limit anything. Usually, um, we limit the amount of burn-ins and ribs uh, you can buy the day of an event, and um, or come in store without a pre-order. We said we weren't going to do any of that. And, you know, people lined up, and we we were. I cooked um, I cooked a little over 400 slabs of ribs 
uh, for Super Bowl Sunday, and about 110 of those were were already bought um, via pre-orders. And so we sold uh, we sold uh, I think just under 300 slabs um, in the restaurant. Wow! Uh, in about you know, in, in five and a half hours, it was just uh, nonstop. Everybody wanted two slabs of ribs and two pounds of burnt ends. So uh, we said, sure, no problem. <laughs> just kept <laughs> selling food until, uh, until we, uh, we ran out. And that was kind of the first, uh, first round of some bad weather Kansas city got. And uh, we right there in the middle of the day, we got about three inches of snow and uh, it dropped down to about 10 degrees outside and people were still showing up to eat barbecue and pick it up. So it was uh it was it was all good from our end <laughs> yeah and so how has um cuz obviously we've been watching we've been in quite a lucky situation and our borders are very easy to close you know we're an island that's basically 3000 miles from pretty much the or 3000 kilometers from our nearest other uh, country, which is Australia. So it's pretty easy right. for us to have closed out. We're, we're pretty lucky. We've been very insulated against the impact of COVID apart from our tourism industry. Um, sure. And, you know, if you came here and you were walking around the streets today, you'd be forgiven for thinking there was no global pandemic <laughs> apart from the fact that you'd be probably, you know, like a lone American amongst um, all New Zealanders. But it's very different over there. And how's that affected you mm. from the restaurant seen um during the last kind of 12 months you know it uh it kind of hit everybody you know what i mean um obviously the there's not a part of this world that covid hasn't touched and um you know america was the was the same way and uh fortunately us americans tend to be a little cocky sometimes and we're like there's no way this is gonna affect us like it's affected everybody else and you know sure shit it did (laughs) and maybe even worse (laughs) in some spots um you know, but, uh, but business wise, um, you know, slaps is really built for to goes, right. So somebody placing an order online or coming in and picking up and taking it to go. Um, we never had a giant dine-in, um, seating area. Well, we have it, but it's, uh, you know, we were always kind of this working blue collar class lunch crowd where people would come in, uh, from the, uh, from the Ford and GM plant down the streets and, and pick up lunch and take it back. Um, right to their work and so we were kind of set up for success um when uh, they put the restrictions in that the hey no dining customers um you know social distancing everybody had to wear a mask and you can't be open past you know 10 o'clock and so we, we were kind of doing that anyway um that was <laughs> we would sell out of food uh long before we uh we closed the doors uh in the evening anyway so um you know our business was impacted just because there wasn't as many people working uh, in kind of our uh, our area. We're right in the kind of the heart of, right in the middle of downtown Kansas City, Missouri and downtown Kansas City, Kansas. And so we just had a ton of industry right around us. And, you know, those people were all working from home or, you know, uh, telecommunicating. And and uh, so we, we, we definitely saw an impact with uh, people not coming down to eat barbecue. But you know, as we got past the first couple months, um, you know, hit right in the middle of March and we were actually cooking, um, the, at the, uh, um, college basketball championship, the men's, uh, big 12 basketball championship. And they, they always do a little barbecue contest down there. Um, and, uh, 
we were getting ready to serve food and, and have a good time and they shut everything down. And I went back to the house and, and, and started watching the news about what was going on. And, uh, that's kind of when everything got out of control. And, but, uh, you know, March, April, May, really June were all kind of tough months. Um, and then July, August, September, October kind of, kind of got back on pace a little bit. Um, you know, people, uh, people started getting out a little more and, and definitely supporting local small businesses, which is definitely us and, uh, really rallied behind, you know, the food service industry and making sure that, uh, you know, the workers in, in the Kansas city and Missouri area, uh, in Kansas area, uh, really, you know, could, could stay employed and tips have been crazy. Like, you know, we're collecting more tips this year, um, than we ever have. And so those are getting just paid directly to our employees and, you know, it's really, really helping them, you know, pay their rent and pay their bills. And, uh, we haven't had to lay anybody off, which is, which is really nice. And, yeah, you know, but, uh, to say, to say that it didn't impact us is, is just not accurate. I mean, I think everybody has been impacted. I think the bars, um, and pubs in, uh, in, in anywhere has probably impacted the most. I mean, yeah. They were just told, "Hey, you can't, you can't go drink at a bar. You can't go drink at a pub." So it was, it was rough there for a little while, but we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. So before we kind of dive into you a bit more, I think uh, what, sure. you know, New Zealanders, um, you know, a fair amount of us have been over to the states, but um, Kansas City's probably not the most known area for <laughs> us, apart from knowing that you know it's the home of. You know, some will say it's the home of barbecue, and there's probably a three-hour fistfight and argument about that in the States, depending <laughs> on where you're from. Right. Um, but yeah, we think of it for that. We think of it for uh, music and stuff like that. But what's sure. how does the Kansas City barbecue differ to, say, you know, Texas, where they're using the salt, pepper, garlic on the, on the briskets, or, or Carolina, et cetera? So how, how would we know if we're eating Kansas City barbecue? You know, I, I've, I've, I've been born, bred, and barbecue fed here in Kansas City, and uh, I remember going, growing up and eating um, the, the, some of the barbecue spots now um, that are, are so well known that, um, you know, when people think of Kansas City barbecue, they think of uh, Arthur Bryant's, Gates, uh, Jack Stack, Joe's Kansas City, formerly Oklahoma Joe's, um, you know, and you know, my dad always made the joke that... Uh, uh, you could go to Arthur Bryant's, um, if the shell casings were on the, gr on the ground, that means the drive-by shooting just happened. So it's safe to get your food and get out of there. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we grew up eating this stuff and, uh, I didn't even know Kansas city had a style of barbecue until, um, I became kind of an adult. And, uh, as I, as I jumped into barbecue and kind of got my feet wet in competitions, I, I realized that Kansas city style barbecue is just really good barbecue like uh you know texas uh it's getting a little more well-rounded now but for a while there texas was known for just beef and brisket um and the carolinas are just known for pork and memphis are kind of known for ribs and, and kansas city does it all really really good um you know you could go to you can go to any barbecue restaurant and get burn ins ribs brisket pork turkey sausage burgers brats whatever it is and it's all really really solid um you know and, and most importantly we kind of claimed you know burn-ins as as the the food of barbecue that everybody wants and and uh, oh, okay. but yeah if i had to say if i had to say what style barbecue uh kansas city is it's just it's kind of a mm, uh, you know a sweet heat a tangy vinegary 
kind of sharp bite barbecue sauce, um, you know, that just has a, has a really well-rounded, uh, flavor profile. And then when it comes to the meats, it's just, they're all cooked really well. Uh, simple, you know, uh, a simple barbecue rub. Everybody uses kind of just the same stuff around here. Um, as far as rubs go and, 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 uh, the way they cook it, how much smoke they add, um, how long they cook it, uh, kind of, you know, makes, you know, every barbecue restaurant differ from, uh, from food to food. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I, I just tell everybody, you know, Kansas city does, does it all pretty good. And, uh, and that's, that's why we're known as the barbecue capital of the world. And what about, um, is there a particular type of, uh, wood that is prevalent in, in the area, which, which defines some of the flavor? Yeah. You know, Kansas city, we're, we have a lot of Oak and a lot of Hickory, um, especially when you get down in Southern Missouri, um, in the Ozarks, it's just full of, full of Oak and Hickory and, and some hardwoods, hardwoods, um, but we also have a ton of apple and pecan and cherry trees and um, you know what I mean? So the, the ability to get a bunch of different uh, woods is, is really easy when you're in the Midwest because number one, you're centrally located. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we can go to a forest in any direction, North, South, East or West and, and find some good wood. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say most of the people in Kansas city are using, are using, like probably oak and hickory, uh, maybe a few places using some mesquite, but uh, but I wouldn't recommend those. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're so. pretty strong and dangerous in the flavor profile. Yeah. Those ones that get away from you. Um, so yeah, you talked there about your dad taking you to some of the the places. Was he very instrumental in your kind of early life in barbecue and and getting into the whole thing? Has it always been a passion? Absolutely, man. We, um, we grew up being outdoors guys. And so we went camping and hiking and boating and kayaking and, and what, uh, you know, every, every weekend in the summer. And, um, uh, my dad, my brother and I, um, would always try to be really creative when it came to cooking at a campfire. And I, I remember for one of my brother's birthdays, he built a oven out of foil and sticks and baked my brother a cake right next to the uh, campfire. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we always like to play with fire and always like to, um, have, uh, maybe two big of fires. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember, uh, I remember my dad said campground on fire one time and, and, uh, and, uh, then some raccoons came up and he like jumped over the fire with the frying pan and hit a raccoon on the side of the head. And, you know, we were always just a little, little out there when it came to, uh, came to that kind of stuff and cooking and having fun. And so, um, but yeah, no, he, he had a smoker obviously. And, and, uh, he definitely, definitely taught or, or, or instilled the passion of, of outdoor cooking and live fire cooking to my brother and I. And, and as I got older, um, you know, my brother and I are very close. We obviously, we own slaps barbecue together. Um, but you know, there was a while there when we became adults, we kind of, you know, separated for a little bit and um we um we didn't know it but we both got into barbecue kind of at the same time he bought a smoker and i had no clue he did that and i bought a smoker and he had no clue that i did that and so uh you know we started talking we're like hey what are you doing i was like oh we're cook we're both cooking barbecue at the exact same time what's the chances of that and, and that kind of uh then we started bouncing recipes off each other and we traded smokers and we were having, having a, you know, a bunch of fun with it and decided, Hey, maybe we cook, uh, maybe we try a competition and see what happens. And we, we showed up to, uh, uh, North Kansas city, which is, uh, just a small uh, city 
just to the north of Kansas City. And um, we had a a U-Haul, which is a rental van. And um, they uh, we both had two trucks. And we literally took – Everything? Know, everything you could possibly think of in this barbecue <laughs> contest. I mean, we had actual lawn furniture, not like – folding lawn chairs we took like actual couches and love seats from our backyards and <laughs> took it out to this barbecue contest we had a giant party and uh i was probably taking it a little more serious um than uh than everybody else there but uh that was our first one and and we kind of finished middle of the road and uh but we were hooked you know we said this is really fun let's try this again and then our next contest um was uh maybe a a few weeks later and we um, we finished uh, like fourth in chicken, second in ribs, first in pork, and fifth in brisket. And we finished like third overall. And uh, we were like, okay, well now we know what we're gonna do the rest of our lives. This is it. And we were, we had that we had that hook set in pretty deep. And um, we had a little little longer road to to the restaurant from then. But uh, you know. Uh, it kind of skyrocketed the idea that, you know, we might be better at this than we think we are. And um, then we end up getting on the TV show, Barbecue Pitmasters. And the next thing you know, we're, uh, we're putting a lease on a building in, in Kansas City, Kansas to open barbecue, uh, you know, as, and, and sell it as much as we can. And uh, we sold out um, every day for, for about two and a half years. Wow. Um, and it was, uh, it was crazy, man. It still is to this day. I mean, we, we don't sell out um, of everything every day, um, but we will sell out of uh, ribs and burn-ins usually almost every day. And, and, uh, but, but yeah, man, it's been a, just been an absolutely crazy journey and, and I'm glad I get to do it with my brother. It's a, it's a blast. Yeah. So that's a really interesting um, dynamic. And I'm thinking, you know, in the New Zealand competition scene, there is one of our you know, pretty top teams who are a, um, they're actually two brothers and a father. Uh, and they have a very interesting dynamic between the three of them. Yeah. Um, how is it being in those kind of pressure situations, whether it's competition, you know, cause it does get quite hairy at times or sure. you know, running a business together. Like what's the, what's that? Is there a special source between you and your brother? Like something that would mean that if it was somebody <laughs> else, you just couldn't do it. Or do you guys fight all the time, but that's how you get through. Like, yeah, well, I'll tell you this, man, we're Italian, you know what I mean? So we're both chiefs uh, and we both are, both of our opinions are always right all the time. <laughs> um, I'll tell this quick story. We, uh, this was, we were in the middle of um, our first year of opening the restaurant and um, I was literally at the restaurant from two o'clock in the morning to uh, five or six at night um, running the pits and then working the shit ifs and then cleaning up and then and then going home and we were both uh we were both just exhausted and my brother shows up and he was doing some just doing some dishes in the restaurant and I didn't do it on purpose but I took a pan that had a bunch of rib juice on it and I set it in uh the sink well what I didn't know is he just cleaned the sink perfectly and it was spotless and he had fresh water in it and and man it pissed him off something horrible uh and the next thing you know him and I are both voicing our opinions to each other outside next to the smokers and we're sitting there just screaming at each other for about dirty sink water and uh and all of a sudden we hear uh, uh is there a problem here and it was two kansas city kansas police officers and they got called uh for a domestic <laughs> disturbance between my brother and i and being italians and and you know 
for the most part, uh, re, you know, rejecting authority of our whole life. We, we looked at the officer at the same time and said, there's a problem here. And he goes, well, we got a report of two brothers that own a barbecue restaurant <laughs> yelling at each other. And we said, yeah, not us. I uh, don't, don't know who that is. <laughs> and uh, we all kind of chuckled about it. And, and the officer politely said, hey, maybe next time just keep it inside. And we said, absolutely. And, and uh, but, but that doesn't happen very often. The, the thing that, you know, my brother and I, Mike and I do very well together is uh, people make fun of us all the time. We're, we're four years apart, but we're the exact same person. We think the same way. We talk the same way. We laugh the same way. Um, so when it comes to, when it comes to making decisions, we both have this kind of the same gut feel about uh, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And um, he's very uh, micro oriented. So he handles a lot of the minutia of kind of the day-to-day processes yeah. of, of what happens at slaps. And I'm, I'm kind of the bigger picture guy and, and kind of, you know, can see how, uh, how, how it all works together at the end. And, and the long story short, we, we have a great relationship and, uh, and, uh, it works really well for us. That's awesome. So tell us about, um, the setups and the setup at the restaurant, like what's the smokers at the restaurant how does that change when you go to competition? Cause you guys run competition here, I guess we are, you know, we're in our fourth year, I think fourth or fifth year of having an organized okay. competition, but the, the nice. rigs that you guys run are so you know, out there to us, like in terms Excessive. of sure. we're still under, you know, our site size is a, let me convert it into feet for you would be a, 18 by 18 is like our site. So, <laughs> right, right. We're not driving your rigs up or doing any that. We'd be told you guys are not coming in. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, so at the restaurant, um, we use, we use some commercial smokers called old hickories. Yep. Um, they're, they're phenomenal. We use, uh, the specific model is an ELEDX. Um, they have 12 racks. They're all two foot by four foot. Um, and they're, it's just a super versatile smoker, man. It, uh, we can cook 120 slabs of ribs at a time. You know, we can cook 50 or 60 pork, I mean, 50 or 60 briskets. We can cook, you know, just a, we can, let's see, 10, 20, like 120 pork butts. <laughs> you know what I mean? If we had to, it's, uh, uh, it's just, they're, they're, they're really big. They have a lot of capacity, but at the same time, they're, they're like fine tuned, you know, NASCAR racing yeah. machines. They, uh, and they, they have just a, don't miss. They have the gas assist, right? That keeps them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sort of almost like a pellet, but not. Yeah, no, we, we put, we put, you know, hickory splits in the back of them. And, and we, we, you know, when we put meat on in the afternoon, uh, we put three or four splits in and that it just, it just perfect color in the morning when we get back there to slaps and, and, um, you know, we, we started on, on two big offsets, two 500 gallon propane tanks, um, uh, kind of, you know, Texas style, but the difference was, uh, we were cooking hot and fast. And so we had these two big offset smokers and I'd cook brisket in three hours. I cook pork in four hours. I cook ribs in two hours. I cook chicken in about seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> and if it took any longer than that, I burned it. Um, you know, but, uh, we were running, we were running those offsets at, you know, 400 degrees, just trying yeah. to get that much meat on a smoker done before we open. And, uh, and the problem was my brother and I were the only ones that could do it. You know, we, we, it's really hard to train somebody who didn't have the knowledge, uh, that we had about fire management and, uh, and meat and, you know, mass airflow, 
compared to, you know, the meat absorbing your heat from your firebox. And there was like mm-hmm. all this stuff that went into it that you just can't teach a $7 and 25 cent hour employee, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, they, uh, they're, they're just not going to care as much as we did. And so, um, we decided we were, we, we should probably get something, uh, that had a little more capacity that was a little easier to use. And so we, we got a really good deal on a Southern pride, which is kind of the equivalent to the old hickories and, and uh, it lasted for a while and it was used and we had to fix it a bunch and we just decided listen we're gonna go get the brand that uh we know is good that everybody uses and i mean it it honestly made our food better um just everything became more consistent um it got my brother and i being able to kind of be out from behind the pits and kind of up in front of people and grow the business and not just maintain the business And, and it was probably one of the better decisions we made now we have uh we have three of them um, and you know, two of them run, uh, every day. And then on the weekends, all three of them run, um, to keep up with the, with the food demand. And, uh, but you know, that's a different style of cooking. So we're low and slow all night. We put briskets on, uh, brisket pork and burn ends on at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and we run at 180 to 190. And, uh, at four o'clock in the morning, we, we kick those smokers up to 275 and start pulling briskets and ports off and pulling off from there. But wow. it's a, it's a big transition when you get into competition barbecue, uh, because you really start focusing on, you know, every bite of food that a judge is potentially going to take. And so, um, you know, we cook a little hotter and faster. I, I use that, um, in, in the competition world. Um, it's, a uh, uh guy here in Kansas City his name's uh, Dub uh, Siegel he um, he has a competition team called Sublime Barbecue uh, but he's just a master fabricator he molds for a living and uh, and about six years ago I said uh, yeah 2000 this was 2016 I'm sorry um, so five years ago um, I said I said Dub would you ever be interested in, in building exact same smoker that I already have just new and shiny pretty um and he said yeah man absolutely so he built one and and I've used it and we've had a little success on it so we we uh, we keep using it but uh, now he's built some awesome smokers for some people and I think he's trying to do it full time he's uh he's getting ready to pull a trigger on maybe a building and and start uh, just building smokers kind of like right. Jamie does down with the jambos but yeah uh, but just a just a great pit and and you know we're we're kind of doing the opposite of what traditional offset cooking is you know most people cook low and slow on those things i run that sucker hot and fast i cook 325 degrees and um you know i get uh, we get stuff done pretty quick on the competition side of stuff and you have you had that that smoke has mounted into your trailer correct like you've got a big yes sir yeah so what we call them in in the state is porch trailers Right. So basically it's, it's a glorified utility trailer, like an enclosed trailer um, that would, you would, a long company would put their mowers in and, uh, and we basically cut the back half of it off and, and <laughs> welded up some bars and, and uh, mounted a smoker to it. And, and, uh, and they've gotten really, really popular. There's, there's uh, people uh, just building these porch trailers now. Um, and a lot of them come out of the Southern United States. Um, and uh, I, back in 2015 and i ended up i got the trailer in 2016 um but uh it was kind of the it was Darren worth with io smoky d's had a big porch trailer like this but there wasn't a ton of people that had them and um especially the custom built ones and um, i knew i was going to cook you know 30 or 40 contests a year for the next couple years 
And I said, man, I need to be comfortable. If I'm going to be on the road every weekend, I need a shower and a bathroom and a, a, a nice bed to sleep on. And, and, uh, because I was like, I was like, you know what you guys are doing down there. I was cooking out of pop-up tents or, mm-hmm. I had, uh, or, or another smaller utility trailer. And man, when you're cooking, when you're cooking a, you know, more than, more than one a month, it, uh, it wears on you getting all that stuff together. And so, um, I decided that to reach out to a company here in Kansas city that builds kind of, um, show trailers, like they built uh, like BMW racing trailers yep. and stuff like that and kind of told them what I wanted. And they said, Hey, this, we would love to partner with you on it. And I wish I never did it with that company. They were a pain in the butt, but, um, at the end of the day, I got a good trailer um, and it's well built and I love it to this day, but the company went out of business. Um, and, uh, and they left some, left some people hanging, but, uh, but yeah, so we have a, we have a 40 foot, uh, porch trailer and it's got a, it's got about 11 foot kitchen in it. And then a kind of a eight, a 12 foot kitchen and eight foot porch and kind of a 20 foot living space. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we're in it. Last year, I think we ended up at 27 or 28 contests, and uh, that's what I stayed in all year. And the year before that, I was at 30-something, and the year before that, I was at 40-something. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of barbecue in a short period of time, man. Yeah, so that, that's a crazy thing for us because, like, so our organize, yeah, our, our barbecue society, essentially organizing body, you know, we're, we're getting up now to just about, if you averaged it out across the year, you know, the aim for this year is that there's a competition every month. Um, and that for a lot of us, like for me, you know, I've already had the raised eyebrow from my wife when I've, we've gone through for our team and we're like, okay, we're going to probably do about eight or nine this year. And I get the raised eyebrow of, oh, that's nine, nine weekends. (laughs) You're going to be away. Is it? (laughs) How do you manage 30 or 40 weekends, you know, on the road and you guys have to travel some insane distances as well on big, big trips. You know, how does that go down at home? And, uh, work life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, we, um, it's crazy, man. You know, part of my job at slaps is to, um, grow the business and, and be kind of the front man. And, um, you know, we, we decided a long time ago that we wanted to be one of the few restaurants that had a successful competition team. Uh, in our head, we did, we did the restaurant backwards you know, we would have loved to have a competition team that was successful, won everything that there is to win and then opened a restaurant. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we just, it didn't work out that way. We had mild success and, um, next thing you know, we're opening a barbecue restaurant. And so, uh, it was really a sense of pride for us to, um, you know, be competitive in the barbecue world while we still had the restaurant. So, um, we committed to cooking, you know, kind of 20 contests, um, or more a year. And if we tend to be successful and be in a race for kind of the Kansas city barbecue society's team of the year chase, we'll, we'll kind of push towards the end of the year. And, um, luckily the last few years we've had that opportunity. And so, um, you know, we just, uh, I always plan on starting to cook anywhere between 20 and 25 and, uh, it ends up being closer to 35 when it's all said and done um, because we're always, uh, we're always doing okay. You know, we, we tend to win uh, occasionally and that, uh, you know, that makes us uh, work that much harder to try to be the best. Right. And and you've cooked, uh, if we refer to the grands, right? The, the, the Royals, sure. the, the Jack, you've cooked 
all of those? Are there any that you haven't got to out of the what we kind of think of as the grands? Man, I haven't been to the Jack yet. Um, oh, not the Jack. No, no. We um, there's a couple. There's a couple years there. Uh, we had six wins and we needed seven to get the auto. Um, and we were cooking the last weekend in July uh, before the cutoff date, and uh, we just never got there, you know. Or um, one year. We had six. We didn't win in July, but we won the first weekend in August, so it didn't count. You know, it started over for the next year. Uh, it just seemed like my luck uh, never, never, never came to be that we could get all seven in a year for the Jack. And um, uh, so, I haven't been able to cook the Jack, but uh, you know, you know, obviously in Kansas City we have the uh, we have the American Royal. Um, that's always an awesome, awesome time of the year for us, uh, just being local and and um you know so we, we get to cook that measure i've uh, i've been to memphis in may i haven't cooked it i'm not brave enough to uh, i don't know enough about mbm cooking uh and the, the dog and pony show those guys go through to be any good um and uh and yeah luckily uh, we've had the kcbs world invitational that we did uh, the last couple of years and and then last uh, two years ago now we were part of that uh, Smithville national championship down in, uh, new, uh, new Orleans, which was a blast. So we've, we, if I had to, you know, the Royal is going to be my pick for favorite, favorite major yeah. or grand, you know, it's just, there's so much history and tradition there. And, and being from Kansas city, we take a lot of pride in it. You know, um, it's, uh, it's where literally the entire barbecue world, uh, shows up to, uh, to compete against each other. And it's, a it's called the world series of barbecue for a reason. You know, everybody gets to put their name in the hat and, and try to win a, win a contest. So that's the, that's the fun part about barbecue. There's there, it's really a true open sport. Um, if you have Absolutely. a smoker and $200, you can show up and cooks with, uh, against some of the best cooks in the world. And that's, that's originally kind of what drew us in and, and, uh, kind of my favorite part of competitions. You know, we have had, there's probably, I would say, a handful of New Zealand teams who have traveled over to the States. And I know uh, last, not last year, obviously, because it didn't happen, but the year before, so 2019, one of our sort of most successful teams got over and spent 10 weeks over in the States and cooked the Royal. That was a team called Barbecue yeah. War. So they have a big tank. Yeah, sniper. of course. I don't know if you we, saw uh, them when you were there. We did. Yeah. We actually cooked against them a couple of times, uh, leading up to the Royal. I actually, I think I gave them a brisket, um, at a, at a barbecue contest in <laughs> Paola, Kansas. Um, they, uh, they didn't have a Wagyu and I had an extra, I had an extra Snake River Farms in the trailer and, and I think it made its way to them. And, and, uh, but no, the super good dudes. We, we talked, uh, we talked barbecue for a little bit and, uh, you know, it was fun, fun to see their get up, yeah. um, you know, with the tank and their smokers and, and whatnot, just, uh, just a super nice guy, you know, crazy to think, um, crazy to think that barbecues kind of expanded to, to all parts of the, the world and that somebody would want to travel to the States for 10 weeks, just cook barbecue and hang out and eat and, uh, cook a contest. But it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that part of, uh, you know, barbecue exists. I think a lot of us would love to come over and do it, but if we were coming over, you know, what, what would you be saying to us to expect or to think about, you know, having to take into consideration, you know, the cooking in a different location, different judges, et cetera. How would you kind of, if you had to coach us and prep us, what would you be, what would the well, speech be? Yeah, no, I would tell you, um, this is what I tell everybody, man. You, you have to put the best food in the box and then, uh, 
you can fix flavor. You can't fix tenderness. So Darren Worth told me uh, with Smokey D's a long time ago, uh, cook a brisket till it's done, then cook it 30 minutes longer. And so I, I tell people that all the time. And uh, I said, listen, if it's too salty, add some sauce. If it's too spicy, add some sauce. If it's not salty enough, add some salt. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's, it's real simple, right? Just, I, I always say this, I say, don't let the smoker determine your cook right? Um, you know, my, my thought process there is don't let the food come off the smoker and it doesn't meet your expectations. Do something about it. Just don't give up. You know what I mean? We can, we have a trailer or a box or a bag full of spices and seasonings. You can make something better. You might make it worse, but the chances are you're not, you know what I mean? If it doesn't have any flavor, add some flavor to it. Um, you know what I mean? So I think a, a good cook kind of takes, takes what, the meat gives them and a great cook will make it how they want it to be. And, uh, and that just takes time and practice. And, um, you know, we teach, we teach classes, um, you know, competition barbecue class. I have one coming up in a, in a couple of weeks here. And, and I tell everybody, I said, listen, if you don't listen to anything I say throughout the entire cook, if you're not cooking on an offset, if you're not cooking hot fast, if you're not cooking the, you know, uh, snake river farms or, or wagyu brisket, it doesn't matter pay attention to how I do turn-ins pay attention to the idiosyncrasies I have when I'm boxing to the minute details of why I'm doing something because I'm going to win or lose a contest in the 10 minutes that I'm boxing a chicken category or the rib category or the pork or the brisket there is something I'm doing here that's making me more successful than you guys spend 15 times a year and you're not seeing the same success I am mm. you guys are just as good as cooks I am but I've figured something out in this last 10 minutes that I'm making, making my bad food better and I'm making my good food great. And so if you can pick up what I'm doing here and I'll try to talk through it, this is the time to do it. This is the time to listen. And I think everybody, you know, at the classes, at least they're like, I never would have done that. I would have, I've never, you know, I never would have tried to fix it that way. I never would have sacrificed my turning times just to get it done a little faster. I never would have thought about adding a little pop at the very back end to make sure a judge remembers it. I always say I want an instant nine. I want a judge to take a bite and be say, that's a nine and move on and forget about it. And so there's, there's all these little details that go into finishing um, when you're turning in that just takes, takes a ton, a ton, a ton of cooking. And, you know, I've, I've, I, I don't know, I, I can't say this without knowing, but I've cooked probably, I'm, in the top five of guys who've cooked the most in the last three to five years, like I've, I've cooked, I think the number of cooked 216 contests in five or six years. I mean, that's yeah. a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of barbecue <laughs> in a short period of time, you know? So um, obviously I've, and I don't know if my food's just better. I don't think it's better than everybody else's, but I definitely think, um, you know, I, I turn, I turn in the best possible food I can with, with what I'm given that day that comes off of my smoker. And, and that's, you know, just time and practice and patience and not panicking in that moment. Like you were saying earlier in the middle of a competition, it gets a little hectic. You have two minutes to get your brisket box turned in and uh, you have a three minute walk, but your brisket's not right. You know what I mean? You, you take the time you do it and then you run, you run your ass yeah. off to try to get there in time. <laughs> you know, um, luckily I've never, never missed a turn in knock on wood, but, uh, you know, I've been real close. I've been real close. Yeah. So that's, 
That's hilarious. So, um, look, a lot of us, a lot of us, like in the states, you know, a lot of the guys who got into barbecue, we we got into it because we did see that little TV show called Barbecue Pitmasters, and it yeah. runs on our TVs, and and sure, yeah, you can't really find it on YouTube. I found, but I'm sure it's somewhere and somewhere out there that we could get old old episodes. But you cooked uh, yeah. on that, and what was that like? <laughs> and what? Yeah, what was the stuff that we didn't see from the edited version that you know made it special or, or yeah, yeah, you know it was a it it was a blast. Um, you know, I I come from uh, I wouldn't say a religious background, but I worked at a church um, prior to owning a barbecue restaurant, and and so you know they teach humility and being humble and and not full of yourself. And as soon as you put a camera on me, I become like. Uh, I'm the best there is. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Like there's nobody better than me. And I, I didn't even know I had that in me. And so it's funny when, when uh, the camera got on me and they were asking me questions and I just turned into this kind of this kind of pompous a-hole um, that, uh, that just thought I was better than everybody else. And then off camera, I'd be like, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I, uh, I think you're awesome, man. Uh, Myron, I love you. You know, like <laughs> I've been looking at you for a long time. Like, and so it was kind of this, this funny thing that happened to me, but, uh, but no, I think, I think people uh, definitely saw kind of my genuine heart uh, through cooking and, and my passion for wanting uh, not just to be good, but to be great and, and all the details that, and the time that goes into that. But uh, you know, Pitmasters was, was a lot of fun. It. um, a lot of work. Those TV shows, what they don't tell you, man, it's nonstop moving from the moment you get there to the moment you stop. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, they're there. You have to say everything three times you say mm-hmm. it as you're doing it. Then you say it in the past. And then you say it in, as, uh, I, in, in the past tense and then the future tense. And so it's, uh, you know, I'm putting this on the smoker at 275 degrees. I just put this on the smoker at 270 degrees. So I'm going to put this on the smoker at 275 degrees. So you say everything three times um, and it just gets old. You know what I mean? We did three episodes on that first season uh, back to back to back. And it was like three weeks in a row. And man, by the end of it, I was worn out. And um, the last episode um, in the finale against Robbie Royal, uh, we cooked all four competition meats and we turned them all into one box. And so what they call um, the next day, whether you win or lose, you go and do um, interviews and you sit there and that's where, where you're sitting on a, on a tree stump and you're talking about your cook the whole time. And that last episode, those interviews took like eight and a half, nine hours of sitting in the same spot talking about me just losing the the, the, the fifty thousand dollar prize and and so it was you know it was brutal but uh but um you know we've uh we absolutely loved it um you know myron and tuffy and mo uh, all those guys are good friends uh, and uh and it was fun you know we got to compete against tuffy on the uh, on the barbecue brawl with michael simon and bobby flay yeah. just a couple years ago and so uh you know, that was a blast to, to him be on the other side of, of judging. And we've had Tuffy come down here. We've had Mo yeah. come down here, Danielle or Diva Q and um, a yeah. few others, including Harry Sue and people like that. Sure. Would you ever have any plans to come down and uh, see the barbecue scene in New Zealand? In a heartbeat, man. In a heartbeat. Yeah. I was, uh, we were actually talking about um, going down to meat stock. Yep. In, in 2020. 
in, in Australia. Yep. And uh, it obviously didn't happen. We were talking to, to Mike Johnson with Surefire and, and those guys go down there and do that. And uh, we were hoping to tag along with them, not cook, just hang out. And obviously that none of that got to work out, but yeah, I would say in the next, uh, hopefully in the next couple of years, you might see us, you know, yeah. down in that area awesome. in New Zealand or Australia or something. But, uh, but yeah, it could, could be a lot of fun. Be yeah, because at our meat stock uh, last year, which did actually happen, it got in just before all the lockdowns. We had uh, Mitch Benjamin was cooking, um, yeah, so that was a lot Mitch. of fun here to yeah. have him, you know, and cook. Be able to say you've cooked against him, and there was a couple of other. There was there was two other um, U.S. teams, but I can't remember who they were. One from Oregon um, that hmm. came down. I don't. I don't remember and, who it was. Yeah, and Mo and DivaQ were down as sort of celebrity, yeah. you know joins yeah. but um the melbourne guys from meat stock had an absolute heartbreaker where they were all set up they got set up on the friday and literally all the vendors and all the comp teams and everybody was there ready to go and i think on the saturday morning just before the cooks meeting the you know the state government just shut everything down for covid uh, and so there was people with rough. you know like hundreds of kilograms of meat that they were like, what are we going to do with this? And, you know, yeah. everybody invested all the money, but they all sort of pulled together and and people were storing meat for other people in big deep freezers yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So the, yeah. the community really came together. Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Which was very yeah. cool. Now, um, you do have some uh, products out there, and I know I've had sure. your uh, Slaps barbecue sauce, which is awesome. I really like that sauce. Thank you. Thank and you. I've, from my searches, because you're not the most well known brand in terms of, you know, we haven't got the most of your products. I think we have, yeah. I know through one of our suppliers, we can get your perfect blend rub, um, but I haven't sure. tried it. Um, so yeah. is that the range or are there other things that we just don't have that we can barrack our friendly suppliers and friends to go and Man, I, w I, order in I wish there was a, I wish there was a bunch of them, but there, there's just not, you know, I kind of had the, uh, uh, the idea that I wanted to do competitions with one rub and one sauce. And, and, uh, you know, so when we created, uh, our barbecue rub, uh, I went out there and just started using it right away in the competition world and it did okay. And then I started figuring out the blends and whatnot to, uh, uh, to mix it with and, and same with the sauce. But, uh, we actually, we actually have a couple uh, new sauces hopefully coming out by the end of March. Um, about halfway through the year in 2020, I started getting a little smoky flavor added to, to my competition sauce and, and it started scoring really well. Um, and so we have kind of what I'm calling kind of the smoked competition version of our slap sauce. Right, and then okay. we have at, at, at the restaurant, we do have a spicy, we have a white sauce, we have a mustard sauce. There's, there's a bunch to go in there. So we're going to bottle a few of those and hopefully get them out there and, and really kind of ramp up uh, production as far as that goes on. And we, we still, we, we have, we have one rub, obviously a perfect blend. And then um, a while back I created a kind of an SPG, just a salt, pepper, garlic. That's really, really good. Um, and we buy it in bulk and we use it on, on a few things at the restaurant. Um, and, and that's probably going to get a label slapped on it and, and uh, sold as well. But it's, there's nothing special about it, man. It's salt, pepper, onion, garlic. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> you, you can only get so many of those rubs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I use, uh, uh, Cosmos SPG, um, you know, on brisket a little bit for competitions. And then, uh, you know, when I'm cooking steaks at the house, I literally use Weber 
uh, Weber steak and chop, which is just, it's just salt, pepper, onion, garlic, and it's, it's just great. But yeah, so we have hopefully a couple rubs and, uh, and at least one more rub and maybe two or three sauces coming out here in the next, uh, next couple months. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep on at our importers to make sure we're getting those in. Um, so look, I think we're, we're pretty much there. I've got one, one last thing I wanted to ask you. And if you were giving uh, the Joe's top tip to a newbie, um, let's say coming into barbecue, what would that be for somebody just starting out? And, and the competition barbecue and just barbecue in general, I mean, just, just barbecue in general. Like, um, sure. You know, that's probably where more, yeah. more and more New Zealanders are coming into it at the moment. Absolutely. You know, what I tell, what I tell anybody getting into barbecue is um, it doesn't matter what smoker you have, right? The, the smoker is not going to create better food. What's going to create better food is you know how that smoker cooks. And so whether you go to, whether you buy a $50 smoker or a $5,000 smoker, put the time in behind knowing how that smoker runs, how it works on charcoal, on wood, on lump charcoal, on briquettes, um, you know, with wood chips, with, you know, cooking brisket, cooking pork, cooking turkey, cooking sausage, chicken, lamb, whatever it is, you know, really put the time in and know your smoker. So when you decide to do something bigger um, and different and you want to put your food out there at a competition, you know exactly what that smoker is going to do. And um, you know where the hot spots are, you know where the cold spots are, uh, you know how it you know how it cooks in the wind and the rain and the snow uh, at elevation. You know, I think uh, New Zealand probably doesn't have, uh, you know, you guys are an island. So I'm assuming you have some mountains and stuff and I, I'm, I'm sure they're beautiful. Um, you know what I mean? But we're, we're, you know, cooking at elevation changes your finish temps and, and, you know, there's just so many things that go into, um, going to go into barbecue but if you go up if you try to cook something you have no idea how that cooker works the chances of you turning out good food or knowing how to fix something when uh, when it goes awry is it's probably not not great so put the time in behind the smoker um you know really understand how it burns what it's going to do how much fuel it's going to use how smoky it's going to get and uh and you're going to start, start turning out some better food yeah, that's that's a really good tip, to be honest, and and a really one that everybody should be taking um, some attention to, and probably a lot of us could learn sure. a bit from that or <laughs> reevaluate how we do things because we all love shiny things, right? We all love getting the new absolutely. Samples, I buy really one every them. week. It seems like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's, Joe, uh, what's the what's the pit choice down there in New Zealand for the most part? Uh so if you uh we we have most things um coming in um and yeah. we have we have one company that's uh basically they, they're called octo pit which uh, is a new okay. zealand company that makes some very interesting pits um and he does competition stuff he runs a restaurant in one of our cities as well um but they've just released one called the multi queue which a lot of teams are picking up and it's kind of like a gateway drum but square or in a rectangle okay. shape so you get a bit more sure. space so but he's based a lot of it on you know trying to replicate the gateways but we have you know pit barrels and webbers and nice. um Oakley, yeah. oakland joes and offsets nice. and Lone Stars and all that kind of stuff, but um, probably the one that we don't have that much of, and I know because I'm really interested to get one, is the Gravity Feed Cabinets. Um, yeah. We, we have cabinets, but the Gravity Feeds are the bits that we don't really have, so I'm just investigating a few things there at the moment. I just bought the, uh, I just bought the Master Built 
uh, gravity fed yep. smoker that is uh, kind of a retail line. It's not super professional, but man, I keep it on my back porch and it is awesome. It's yep, great. So it gets hot, it gets steady. It's, a, it's just a good, good pit. We have a couple of those in the country and my other co-host, Noel, who couldn't be with us for this interview, um, he has just done some demo videos with those. Uh, he said it's yeah. a great little piece of equipment. So uh, not quite ready Absolutely. for competition level of meats. No, but, uh, need some mods, need some mods <laughs> for sure. But, but I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody will, will, will use one. Yeah, oh, somebody will use it on something. That's that's probably that's a yeah. given in in our world. But um, but look, thank you so much for making the time. Um, I appreciate yeah. uh, the cold of winter. We're in we're in the opposite season, so it's a bit easier for us. Um, but <laughs> um, appreciate you taking time out from your day and from the restaurant and from your competition stuff to to come and talk to us down here. And we really hope to see you soon. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, sorry for the technical issues. You know, that's bound to happen when you're, who knows, 5,000 miles, 10,000 miles exactly. away from each other. But, uh, you know, uh, anytime I come back and, and hopefully have a little better connection for you. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'd love to come down to New Zealand and, and be a part of the barbecue scene down there if possible. So Excellent. Now, where can people find you if they want to come and follow you and, um, and share in your journey? Where, where are the best places? Absolutely, man. Facebook is probably our main outlet. Uh, sl- Facebook.com slash Slaps Barbecue. Um, Instagram at Slaps Barbecue. Uh, Twitter at Slaps Barbecue. And then you can always hit our website up, which is www.slapsbarbecuekc.com. And you can find all the, all the goods, bits, and informations you'd ever want there. Well, that is awesome. And hopefully you'll see a bit of an uptick in your New Zealand followers uh, when, when this sir. airs out. So thank you, Joe. We really appreciate your time and um, joining us on Barbecue Base today. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. How good is it to be able to chat with somebody of Joe's caliber? He's a legend, isn't he? Absolute legend and such a nice guy. And I think, look, what we're going to try and do, um, and I've had a couple of conversations with him about this, is have him come on uh, fairly regularly. So Mm. maybe like once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I figured, I thought we thought that you know everybody would be keen for a little update of the American circuit every every now and again, see 100%. what's going on over there. And we thought Joe could be our man in the U.S. Uh, so we'll start a little relationship, 100%. you know, with uh, Joe. So keep the tip away from him, so you don't scare him off, please, Noel. Definitely going to give him the tip. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting the tip. But anyway, he might get more than the tip actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit um, of an idol. He is. It was. Um, I think there was certainly a little bit of fangirling going on uh, from from certain people. Mm. Me in mm. that yeah, in yeah. that interview. <laughs> <laughs> so um, look, we hope you enjoyed uh, that as much as we did, um, and there'll be more like that coming uh, in this season. Now, before we move on, uh, I just thought, uh, should we check in with John and his preparations? Uh, John. John. Yeah. John. Yeah. Ah, right, there you are. Good. How are you tracking? Uh, have you got everything you need? I think it's sorted now. You, you uh, solved really that, solve that yeah, problem? Yeah. It's close? Okay, yeah. great. This is going to be good, guys. Oh, um, <laughs> so stay tuned towards the end of the show. About the end of the show, stay tuned. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll, you'll get a little tinkle of what's going on yeah, uh, in a bit. Fizzing. Fizzing? Fizzing, fizzing. At, the, fizzing oh. at the you-know-what. Okay. <laughs> so... On to one of our favourite parts of the show. Well, 
I mean, I always say it's our favourite part, but it's really not. It's not my favourite part at all. And it sounded, when I first thought of this in my head and then saw that somebody had blatantly taken our idea and made it into a successful YouTube show <laughs> with chicken wings and A-list celebrities, um, I thought it'd be a great idea. And now I, I kind of realised it was an absolutely stupid idea. Uh, and I've been paying for it now for, what, over a year, nearly a year we've been paying for this idea. So, um, you know, bugger it. It's time for uh, 10 Burning Questions, <laughs> oh, God. sponsored by uh, Barbecue Boy, our favourite, Ken Van Mackelberg, Barbecue Boy, for all your barbecue supply needs, uh, and Fire Dragon Chilies. And today we've got New Zealand's own lightning rider. <laughs> <laughs> thought, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> thought you'd like that. Uh, Weber Cook, member of Jurassic Port competition team, Paul Anson with us. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks. Are you ready for your 10 burning questions? Yep. Now, we, we have brought John back from his preparations because we are not going to ask John any questions, but we thought we'd make him go through the pain of the, <laughs> of the chili anyway. So, John, are you ready for this as well? I guess so. Are you ready for Paul's 10 burning questions? Yeah, and no, I have to hate this. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you think it might affect your later performance? Like, it's quite a complicated ordeal from what I can see. There is a chance. There is a chance I may have to pull out in this, this whole few hours of setup. They have been wasted. Let's, let's John's hope. a hell of a performer. Let's hope it's that another doesn't. Name, a name for another section there, mate. Pull out. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Now, um, don't forget, uh, there's no drinking rule until we're at the end of the questions. So your time before a cooling beer or milk is in your own hands or mouths or mine, really, because uh, I control the time. Does, so. does that include me even though I'm not yep, doing that, the questions? Oh, that, that 100% includes oh, you, John. And <laughs> um, look, today we're going with one of our favourite combos, which is the a base layer on a stale cracker, because we like stale crackers here. <laughs> we do like stale crackers. So we've got our stale cracker with a base layer of the um, Dragon's Fury from... Uh, Fire Dragon Fire Chilies, yep, yep. and then we've added a healthy dab, drop, drip, <laughs> something, dollop of uh, the last dab. So we've got Carolina Reaper plus Carolina, Carolina Reaper, Reaper X. X. Yeah. And I'm just going to say that this was at the guest request, right? We were yeah, going to go straight Fire Dragon, but they were like, no, oh, no, no, like, no, we're, we're no, too no. hard for it. Full send. So... so. <laughs> If you, have, it, boys. if you have misophonia, I would uh, skip ahead Cheers. 15 seconds Cheers. from right Cheers. now. You're going to hear some nasty yeah, noises. Yeah. So down the hatch. Oh, God. It's a oh, lovely I've, cracker. Mm, this is a horrible cracker, isn't it? It is. Mm. Oh, what happened there? Ooh. <laughs> Normally I get to swallow most of the sauce on the cracker, and this time all the sauce came off the cracker into my mouth. Every week, mate. Such a ball bag. Oh, annoyingly, I have a open drink in front of me that is now taunting me. Is it just our drink we're not allowed? Can I steal yours? You can't have my drink either. <laughs> oh, how's that, Paul? How's that hitting you? Is it, is it all right? It's fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite warm, isn't it? Yeah. You're well, not, babe. Yep. Oh, oh, I can actually feel dead. that going down and it's just burning all the way down. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing, uh, listeners, was that we spent, we just had a small break and we spent the last. Johnny's got the hiccups. I've got the hiccups already. We spent, we spent the last five minutes ow, 
telling the Jurassic Park boys how much we'd hardened up over the year to this and how it wasn't as bad as it used to be. And then this one is hitting me <coughs> right between the eyes. My tongue is swelling and I've got a lot of saliva in my mouth. I'm sweating like a yep, it's hot. fucking... <laughs> Everybody's in trouble. Paul's undressing. We, we <laughs> better, my clothes off. We better get into this. Paul, oh, here are your... Oh, Jesus. Ten burning questions. Hit me. What's your favourite type of barbecue to cook on and why? Whip a kettle, without a doubt. They're just so versatile. Yeah, it had to be that answer <coughs> ready for Paul, Mate. didn't it? And he's got some contraptions <coughs> as well. He's made the old gas canister thing and he made a few pit barrels as well. Well, not pit barrels, um, UDSs as well, haven't you? I feel like I'm having contractions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what you said or not, but <laughs> but yeah, I've got a few different barbecues there. Yeah. yeah. Still the Weber, eh? Yeah, Weber's still my yeah, favourite. Yeah, cool, mate. Nice. Um, mate, what's your favourite competition category? Um, <coughs> Quickly. <sighs> I'd say lamb. Probably lamb. Yeah, I like mm. cooking lamb. Would you I'd like to see more of that in comps? Definitely, yeah. We, we normally do ribs and um, a pulled lamb shoulder or something like that. And mm-hmm. A little bit of um, lamb money muscle type down, down the middle. Oh, okay. Looks pretty good, yeah. So three different cuts. Yeah, yeah. So it normally looks pretty good in the box. Oh, I think um, lamb is a should be on every New Zealand competition Definitely, it's like, a New Zealand staple. Absolutely, I'm I'm a big fan of it uh, in this scene. I'm not that great at cooking yeah. it, but um, <clears throat> I think it should be there. I think we should be cooking it. Right. Oh my yeah. god! Oh mate, I had so much fun cooking all that lamb at that class. To be honest, it was you know every mm. single cut, slow cuts, hot cuts. Timana awesome. lamb is awesome as well. Eh? Timana's awesome. I was cooking with Provenance <laughs> lamb at that one, which is um, yeah, pretty awesome product yeah. as well. And there's a few others. Wash Creek are bringing out some lamb as well shortly, which you'll start to see on the North Island. But yeah, awesome nice. product. John even Hurt. even standard lamb from the butcher is still good, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Young young lamb, so yeah. Are you tracking, John? Are we still going to be on track for this uh, performance? Are you? How are you dealing with the fire dragon and the last yeah, pass out? I'm enjoying it. It's real <laughs> fun. Yeah, it's great. I can see why you do it every week. <laughs> it's quite. It's getting quite sweaty in here now. Um, Hats come off. Pulls off. I think I know what this is going to be. The answer to this. So don't let us down. What's your biggest fail to date? The lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us that story, mate. Definitely. Um. Well, yeah. So uh, it, it was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was pouring down with rain, and my, and we were both asleep. Me and my wife, and she heard a she heard a bang, and thought she'd get up and check on my daughter and and see if she's all right and stuff like that. And and she went she, she went back to sleep, and then twenty minutes later, there's another bang. So oh, I'll get up and check again, and. She closed her window and op- opened the curtains, and she could see this, um, see, like a bright light coming from the lounge, and thought, "Oh fuck, I better check that out." And went out to the lounge, and oh, the deck's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so she ran and got me, and Paul, Paul, get up, the deck's on fire. You gotta come out here and sort this out. So I ran outside in my my birthday suit, and <laughs> it was pissing down with rain, but like the rain was doing nothing, and the wind was just blowing it from side to side, and the fire was getting bigger. So uh, that was me for the next half an hour. Rest, rest of the night, really, just trying to put it out. And I didn't really get much sleep that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the lightning had sent the Weber right through the deck, right? So it, it, it hit the Weber, I, I think, from the bottom, maybe the, maybe the legs. And then it set the wheels on fire. And <laughs> <laughs> and the second band was the Weber hitting the, hitting the deck because it had no wheels. And how is the Weber? Oh, Never miss, never miss a beat, you know. <laughs> so still, get, still going strong, eh? I cooked a pork belly on it on the weekend. No wheels and all. Just 
straight on the. It's who, the needs, who needs wheels? It's the Toyota <laughs> Hilux. It is the Toyota Hilux of barbecues. Oh, it's done over six hundred thousand k's. You cannot kill a Weber kettle. Well done. That's a that's an awesome story. I had to beat it back into submission to put it back into shape, but it's all good now. That's awesome. So good. So, um, do you source your brisket in comp? Uh, I, I don't normally do the brisket, but um, no, we don't normally source the brisket. Yeah. Uh, brisket straight up. Yeah. No au jus or anything like that? Even? Not really, no. No. But, um, yeah, we, I mean, we've we, we got a bit of work to do in most areas, but, yeah, so we, we're going to try new th- different things in the next comp. and mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Nice. You've got a fair list of things to beat on this one because there have been some good answers. Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um. I haven't even eaten that many strange things, probably. Um, you do, you're, you're in a team with John in Jurassic Park. I'm sure there's been some strange <laughs> well, things that have well, been eaten like, uh, or I'm, handed in. I, I'm a medium and John's a 3XL and he's worn my shirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he's never, I've never eaten his. <laughs> Did it look like a sport bra on John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like a boob tube. <laughs> yeah. That was a good little crop top. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That, that was at the West Shore in a couple of years ago. That was a hell of a time. <laughs> nice. Cool. But, um, so, um, so no, nothing. No, nah, not really. No, I I'd love to try heaps of different things like alligators right up there. You know, yeah, I see you them, can't get it here. Eh? See the Americans cooking. Like, yeah. That looks awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to smoke an alligator. Yeah. Definitely. So, mate, um, best barbecue that you've had that's not yours. Eaten. Um, I've had lots of good barbecue. Eh? I'd, I'd have to say probably more pork and kumu. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quality operation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and Mike, Mike Kovic, he, he does good barbecue as well. I've eaten plenty of his barbecue. There's yeah. heaps of good barbecuers out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had so much yeah. good barbecue. Awesome. Um, what's been your best moment in barbecue? Oh, just the people I meet. You know, awesome bunch of guys and, you know, friends forever pretty much. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. The community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, mate, low and slow or hot and fast for you? Oh, hot and fast <laughs> all day. Yep. Yeah? I don't have time for that shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I do. I do like low and slow, but like briskets, I normally doing five and a half hours. And hey, yeah, in the drum, three hundred, three fifty, three fifty. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, and they always come out pretty good. So, you yeah, know, I've like, seen your briskets, mate. They look pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they come out pretty good. Yeah, be nice to try one one day. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, if you could sit down for a plate of barbecue and talk with anyone in barbecue, living or dead. Who would that be? Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. We can kind of count yeah, him as a barbecue, can can't yeah, we? Because he's, he's, into, he's it. into it. He's yeah, got yeah, big 100%. Yoda, I think. Yep. Um, Definitely. But if, if we're talking barbecues, probably Malcolm Reed. Yeah. Malcolm Reed's another good one. Yeah. I tell you what, you wouldn't go hungry at Malcolm Reed's house. Would Definitely you? not. He knows how to cook a good food. Good you food. know what they say. Not go hungry. Don't, never, never trust never a skinny trust chef. A skinny chef. Yeah, and mate. he is not a skinny chef. Most trustworthy man in barbecue. Yeah. Trust him with my life. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, but Dave Grohl's a good answer, I reckon, because it's a great answer. A, he, we are going to count him as a barbecue. He is in barbecue. He's very yeah, passionate he loves about barbecue, it. Yeah. And what a guy to tell some stories, right? He oh, would have so he, many yeah, stories. Good yarns. Great night. Yeah, and absolutely. he likes New Zealand. He loves New Zealand. Yeah, yep. So uh, he likes coming down here. So I think all round, that's a great choice. Great Absolutely. choice. Yep. Um, so mate, if you were starting barbecuing again. Knowing what you know now, what one thing would you do differently? Um, I'd just be patient, you know. It's ready when it's ready. 
you know, like now I'm pretty good. I, I can just adjust times and, and get it ready on time. But back then, you know, like I think my first cook was a bit of pork belly. I'd never even eat, eat really eaten pork belly in my life. And I was like, oh, I'll grab that and cook that. And five hours later, it was like a leather boot. And <laughs> 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 but, you know, I probably needed a good three more hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, just patience probably. I'll just take my time a bit more. And that's what I tell everyone, like, because, um, even at work, like I've gotten quite a few people into barbecue, and it's just all like, just be patient, cook everything, you know, and just find out what you like to cook, what you like to eat. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a that's a very good tip. It I am is. one that uh, is probably you could apply that. I think even this week, uh, was, I saw questions, and we were talking to people online about no, that doesn't sound like it was done, yeah. and they're like, well, I had to eat at that point and pulled it off, and they're yeah. like, oh, it was a bit like shoe leathering, like, well, it yeah. wasn't done, was it? So lots of snacks, mate. Yeah, lots of wings, lots of little things to nibble on yeah. if the brisket's late. That's the key. I I actually <clears throat> never quite got into the whole, you know, you must get up at two a.m. or three a.m. unless we're at competition, then I get up at three a.m. But unless I'm at competition, I do not want to get up at three a.m. to start cooking something for lunch. So I think. Um, this was something you taught me, Noel, when I had to cater uh, on for a Monday lunchtime. And I was like, well, how am I going to do that? But you just said cook it the day before. And I've done it since as well for at home. Uh, for Super Bowl, actually, I cooked all my pork the day before, yep. let it cool, popped it in the fridge overnight so it stayed safe, and then just put it in – I actually put it in the oven. I put it in the oven the next day oh, to fine. reheat it. Yeah. And it took, yeah, literally about two, two and a half hours, get to 165 degrees, and it was literally like I'd taken it out of the chilli and gotten up at, you know, 1 a.m. and chucked it on. So don't be afraid to smoke it the day before or two days before or three days before and reheat it. Why do you want to get up at 3 a.m.? and then try and battle through the rest of the day. Like, get up, be rested, and and then you can control all your times and still look like a hero, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep, absolutely, mate. If you're catering for lots of people, that's the way to do it for sure. Take the hassle out. Now, guys, how you've survived... You can take a drink now if you're. Although water's not really great for it, to be honest. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thank was good. That was good. That was it pretty was spicy, good. eh? That, that was pretty chilly today. Um, I was suffering through that mm. after we talked ourselves up. No, we so got intense a, at the beginning, eh? Like we got a smack a in the face. Yeah. It hits you hard and fast. It hits you hard and fast, and then just sort of it just sort of tape it off. off. It's still yeah, there now, but it's still it's tapering off. I've still got, yeah, I'm still a bit blocked up. My nose is gone, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But you know, but guys, hey, look, thanks for joining us. Um, John, you better go get set up, right? Uh, are you are you ready? You, you're going to be good. Yep, a few minutes, okay. I'll be ready. Go get set up, and we'll minutes. come back to you in a sec for for your special special bit. Okay, John is off and walking, so that's cool. He's on his way. Um, Paul, where can uh, everybody find you? Where can they find you online? Where can they keep up with what you guys do in Jurassic Pork? Um, so we we got our Facebook page on Jurassic Pork and um, Jurassic Pork Barbecue. So you can find us on Facebook or. Now, there are, there are a few Jurassic Porks on Facebook I found today because I tried to tag you in. I think it's a fairly popular restaurant name in various places. <laughs> I came up with about Man. five of them and I was like, well, I don't know which one you guys are. So that was quite interesting. I Googled the shit out of it when we, when we first started and I was like, I hope there's nothing. Well, maybe they all took your name. Maybe they took your name. So Jurassic Pork on Facebook um, and you can be found on, uh, so what is that? 
Jurassic pork barbecue, and you got a all one word, all spelt out. Yeah. And barbecue as B A R B E C U E, not B B Q. Yep. So nice. yeah, go find them, have a look. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks um, for having us on. That was good. Yeah, good. yeah. We good appreciate fun. you being. Oh, John is. You just run back, and you're gonna run off again now. Yep. Okay. See you in a bit. Um, so uh, look. We talked about it last week. Um, I'm going to pop up a couple of posts in various forums um, because we want a kind of a mailbag type of thing. So instead of sending us a PM, we'll put those posts up in the next few days. Drop your questions, whether for Noel, whether for me, whether for us. As, and it could be about, as long as they're kind of barbecue related, we'll be fine. Um, put them in the comments and we'll run through some of those questions in an upcoming show. Um, otherwise, you know where to find us. We're Barbecue Base on Facebook. Um, Meat Mafia Collective on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And YouTube. And YouTube. Oh, I forgot the YouTube. <laughs> Damn. Forgot the YouTube. You've really got... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Burnt Beginnings on Facebook and Instagram if you want to come and find me. Subscribe, rate, review, like. Give us all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time on Barbecue Base. Is he ready yet? I think so. He'll be ready in a minute, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll give him we'll give him a minute and we'll come back. Stay tuned, listeners. John, are you ready? Do you need us to count you in? Okay, you're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, in a very special appearance from Jurassic Pork Barbecue, it's Mr. John K. <laughs> He's got a fucking triangle. <laughs> Was it? Was that it? Yeah. I've been practicing for hours. Is yeah. that we waited all show, mate? That for that, outstanding. I love it. I did, I did a dress rehearsal a couple of hours ago, <laughs> mate. I bet I bet you're a real hoot at parties. Yeah, aren't you? Give, it, give us another one, John. No, no, Come on, give us another one. One more for the road. Beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, beautiful, Johnny. Fuck my life, Alex. You get the best people on the show, eh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>